Welcome to the Redeemer Coast podcast. Our prayer is that this message will inspire hope, build your faith and encourage you with God's purposes for your life. For, revel, for illumination of your scriptures to our heart, that our minds be renewed, that we may prove what is the word of God in our life, that which is good, that which is acceptable, that which is perfect. We thank you, Father, uh, for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. We're doing the uh, series, The ABCs of Faith. I was so encouraged the other week when uh, uh, Reverend Cole was here by the response of our people to what was really just um, like a foundational message. And uh, so, uh, and so it, it sort of helped me become aware that really I think in many places, uh, in many things often today, some of the church, we often miss some of what is really foundational and what transforms our lives. So we've decided to spend this next little time going through some of really the basics and you can't get a lot more basic than faith. We've taught a lot on grace the last uh, couple of months, we have to move over to faith now a little bit and understanding what, what it is. There is a saying that the fish is the last to discover water. Uh, has anyone heard that expression? Uh, the fish is the last to discover water. Uh, and often when uh, it, it's, I've often thought about faith because, you know, the, the Bible says Jesus marveled at their unbelief. And yet he was doing staggering things. And yet he marveled that his disciples and the others couldn't, didn't have faith for that. And so that sort of tells me that really as far as God's concerned, this really should be the most natural thing in the world. Yeah. And because the expression, the fish was the last to discover water, um, you, know, you can imagine in a school of fish, Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, the teacher's saying, we're talking about water. How do we breathe? We just suck in the water. And the fish goes, what's water? Because often when things are so near and so close to you, you, you just you take them for granted or you're not even aware that they're there. And so I've always, well, I haven't always believed, but I came to believe that the faith that we are, God expects us to have actually is supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be easy. And you notice in that Mark 11, uh, 22-25, where Jesus does that great faith passage, um, and he says, that, that he, the, the tree withered, and Peter goes, the tree's withered. And, and, and Jesus goes to him, have faith in God, or have faith like God has. And then he said to him, if you have faith the size of this mountain. Do you say that? He said, if you have faith the size of the holy city, did he say that? He said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. And then he told them how to use it. And, and, and again, that's, that's Jesus saying to us, actually, it's not hard, guys. It's not hard. And so, so often, you know, things just start to click with us. You know, just, it just drops in our head and go, wow. And I've always believed that about faith. That it was not meant to be hard. 
And everyone faces challenges in their life. So 1 John, 1 John 5, 4 says, uh, um, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, our faith, even our faith. Okay? Well, that tells us we're going to... So just in the next little while, we're going to go over why faith is important, which we're just going to revise last week. Are we catching this? Why faith is important, and then what faith is. All right, I'd like to cover that today. And so next week, we'll move on to how do we get it? How do we know we have it? How do we get it? And then the week after that, how do we set it free? How do we release it? Okay? So uh, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. That means, number one, that means that, that there is a battle. And we all face that while we're in the world. There is a battle. All sorts of battles. Linda and I are going through things now. But don't, don't worry about them. Nothing too drastic, you know. But, you know, I was away during the week. I'm having to uh, run down the coast to work down the coast really until we launch. Or, you know, we're believing God for that to change quickly. But I'm sitting there in my tent. Because I pitched the tent in the caravan park sitting there and just think, and I'm meditating, I'm thinking about the things that need to, to change, that, you know, uh, that we need to change, we want changed in our life and in the ministry, and I'm thinking about them, and uh, I had to say to myself, what is it, I said, Grant, I, I say that when I'm speaking to myself, <laughs> Grant, what is it that you believe about that situation? And I'd ask myself, what is it that I believe about this situation? I said, well, I believe this, and I believe that, I be well, that's what we pray so the, uh, it's telling us that the victory that overcomes the world is, is our faith. Now, John uh, was living in a time of great persecution. Of course, he's talking about in the big sense. In the big sense, in the end, when we die, we're going to be with the Lord and we won't have these battles. And, and in the end, we win. We know that. And there's no shame in that. And if that's all your faith is, that's all right because eternity is going to be a long time. Hallelujah. But also, we now enforce the victory that Jesus won at the cross in our lives now, in our family lives. Okay? We enforce what he did for us. That is the kingdom of God. He told his disciples, go out and preach the kingdom of God is near you. So all the blessings that God has for us are enforced through faith. Okay? So it's kind of important. It's kind of important for us to know um, uh, what it is, how we get it, and how we use it. And in the end, I think it's going to be a lot simpler and easier than what we think it maybe is. Everyone breathe a sigh of relief. <sighs> Praise God. All right, so in, in uh, Romans 2, verse, verse uh, 12, uh, sorry, Romans 12, verse 2, the Bible says, Be ye not conformed to the world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove, or a, or a prove, in other translations say, you may know, or you may discern, uh, you may give approval to, uh, what is the will of God, that which is good, that which is acceptable, and that which is perfect. That tells me, he's speaking to Christians, he's speaking to Christians in, in, uh, in, in Rome, that tells me there was a whole bunch of Christians in Rome that didn't even know what, what the will of God was. And we can go through this life and not know what the will of God is. That's staggering. We can be Christians for years and not even have that. So as Christians, our mind needs to be renewed to the will of God. 
There is no condemnation for those of us in Christ Jesus. If we've suffered unnecessarily, there's no condemnation. Let's, let's just find out what the will of God is in our lives. Okay? Who knows you can't have faith for what, for what you don't know is the will of God. Uh, John says we have confidence that we ask whatever we pray because we know his will. Um, so, uh, if we don't know it's God's, what God's will for healing is, if we don't know what God's will for prosperity is, we don't know what God's will for our relationships with our husbands, our wives, our spouses, our kids, our family, we don't know what his will is and we can't believe God for it. Our mind needs to be renewed to that. I was listening, I, I went and uh, looked up some testimony of John, Wall, John Waller, the, uh, the um, musician, uh, a few weeks ago I was looking up his testimony. And he said that he suffered depression, clinical depression, for, for 20 years. Now, clinical depression is, it seems funny to even have to say it, but it's a real thing. In that it's actually, you know, there are chemicals in your brain which, which bring about, uh, uh, which cause depression, okay? Or associated with that depression. And of course, there's some good treatments for that which make you a bit happier. I know my father was going through it for a long time, and, and my brother's a doctor. You put him on these pills and he's a lot easier to get on with now. <laughs> so, that, so, but he was saying, John Waddle was saying during this for, through for 20 years, his parents had it and then everyone said, well, you're going to have it too. And he did have it. Funny that. And then he was on medication for 12 years. And a friend of him said, uh, uh, he was talking about this course that he went to, a, a, uh, a conference we went to with, dealt with people with clinical depression. And, uh, and how he was freed from that clinical depression. Uh, and things changed, he ended up just going off the medication, being freed with it, and then it's been over a period of 10 years. So I was interested in what that course was. Who would be interested in what that course was? You know? um, who knows, there's things like, you know, we, there's things which are common grace, they apply to everyone, right? Whether you're saved or unsaved. And so there is the ability to be able to, we have, uh, because we're spiritual beings, we're not subject to our mind, to, to rewire our mind on lots of things, okay? But then there's a grace which is for Christians. That when we begin to apply the Word of God to our life, the Holy Spirit can back that and go all the way with it and transform us supernaturally. Well, uh, John Wallace started to share what the things that he had learned on this on this conference, which changed his life and eventually got rid of this clinical depression, he was able to come off the drugs. Now, let's just put it out here for a start. We are a grace church. So there is therefore no condemnation for anyone who's in Christ Jesus. Alright? And one of my pastors, Pastor Hagen, said, you've got a headache? Take an aspirin, lay your hands on your head and believe God for you. Alright? But you may be beyond that. Linda believes God's for car parks and headaches and all that sort of stuff and I believe God for other things. Alright? We're all growing. Okay? And there's nothing wrong something wrong with you, we're saying, I'm going to the doctor, I'm going to believe God for, for healing on this. That, that's, that's where your faith at, that's fine. That's great. There's, there's no difference between that and saying, oh, I'm believing God for total healing on this bank. Okay? Because it's never a matter of, all our worth comes from what Christ did for us on Calvary. Okay? So, John Waller was saying, he went there and he, he discovered who he was in Christ. He discovered that there was no condemnation. He discovered that he had been made the righteousness of Christ. Well, like that's Christianity 101, don't you think? Isn't that 101? But, but, but just to, to go over that and spend the weekend and the week meditating on that changed his life. Gave him the victory. 
You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Alright? So, so it's what we believe is extremely, extremely important. Well then, what is faith? It would be good to know what is faith, really. Um, we, um, and uh, we, uh, I used to think, like sometimes listening to people talking about faith, it's as though it's this spiritual goo that floats around in the air and sort of lands on you and we, we don't quite know what it is, but you either got it or you ain't got it. And sometimes, yeah, I've got faith. Sometimes I haven't got faith. You know? And um, it's just it's like it's this mystery. But it's not. It's actually extremely simple. You're looking forward to finding out? Yeah. Okay, it's extremely simple. And the trouble is, if you don't know what it is, um, then you'll be man-looking for it. You know, who knows what man-looking means? Ladies, wives, you know what man-looking means. Don't you? It's okay. I say, Linda, where's the pot? She says, in the cupboard. <laughs> I say, you're going around, there's 30 cupboards in our kitchen. <laughs> you know, well, what's it like if I don't even know what the pot looks like? We did some renovation on our, uh, our house years ago down in Canberra, and we had uh, American missionaries over there working with us, and he's saying to me, listen, when you go down to Bunnings, can you get a thingamajig? <laughs> Honestly, he said, thingamajig. I said, what do you mean a thingamajig? He said, well, it's... It's, it's a, what's it we call it? it? It's a who's what's he? It's, you know, one of those things. And I had to say, well, what, well, well, what does it do? He said, well, you put it there and you go boof like that and the thing comes apart. You know, he wasn't really, I think, use your words, please, use your words, you know. And, but eventually by describing it, I worked out what it was. And I still don't know what it's called, but it's one of those little levers. It's got a little crowbar on the end, a little lever like that, because we were dismantling a wall. Shove it behind the wall, push it, and the thing pops open. That, by the way, is a thingamajig. You know how much trouble I had going to Bunnings and finding Bunnings? You know how much trouble it is to find in Bunnings when you actually know what it's called? But when you've got to describe it, okay? Uh, and so, uh, like, if, if you don't know what it is, and you don't know where to find it, you're going around open all these cupboards <laughs> in this kitchen, and you're looking at all these different things which aren't faith. And you think, well, that's faith, I found it, it doesn't work. You go, I'm, I'm going to go into the cupboard of what my pastor believes. That's faith. He's got faith. So it must be that you go to the cupboard and you go, oh, this is my cupboard of what pastor believes. Oh, my pastor believes, oh, Redeemer Coast believes this, 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 and this, this. That must be faith, and all of a sudden it doesn't work in your life. So instead you think, well, I, I know, I'll tell you what, I know sometimes like, I, I, like, I feel I've got it. I feel like we've got the victory. <laughs> you know, he knows that emotions have got a lot less to do, a lot more to do with what you had for breakfast. All right, or what someone said to you, or the way your wife looked at you, or some grumpy word, then, then it got to do with actual faith. But you say, well, I'm going to go to the cupboard of what I feel. So you go over here, sit this big cupboard. Who knows that in most Christians' life, the cupboard of what they feel is like this big. All right? It's the most, the first thing you go to is the cupboard of what I feel. Right? Because I've got to have faith for this. I've got to believe I'm going to go to what I feel. Do I feel like I've got the victory? Open up. This is, I feel, I feel good. And then you look down, I feel bad. <laughs> well, I feel like I've got this one. Otherwise, I haven't got this one. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm on the right side. I feel condemned. You know, that faith can't be found in what your pastor believes. And the faith can't be found in the cupboard of, of what you feel. That's yes. not faith. It's good. Because it changes. Yeah. All right. And yet Jesus marveled at the unbelief. 
Mark chapter 6. He's just gone through some amazing miracles. Mark chapter 5 goes to Mark chapter 6, goes to his hometown, and, and it says that they were offended by him. And many of them, who are you to teach us what to do? They said he could do no mighty work there, as in the mighty miracles that he did before, save he laid hands on a few of minor illnesses. Okay? That tells me this. That tells me you can have minor faith. Little faith can get over some little things. Alright? But other faith will get you over big things. And they weren't in a position. And what did Jesus do? He said he marveled at their unbelief. That means they did not believe some things and he marveled that he did. they did not believe that. And that's a clue as to what faith is. That's a clue as to where we go to look to see if we have faith for this. So I thought I'd do something really spiritual. Uh, to, so I prayed and fasted for four days about what faith. No, it doesn't. I went to Vine's Bible Dictionary. Anyone got a Vine's Bible Dictionary? I, I don't believe God's into reinventing words. Okay, there are some words which he has included in the New Testament because there was really nothing else to explain it. Like grace is one of them. That's a word. We talked about that which wasn't used. And there's a few other words that he used that we changed. But, but faith was the same word. All right? And it says this. So I went to Vine's Expository Dictionary of Bible Words, and it says this, faith is a feeling. No, I didn't say that. Faith is a conviction. Faith is a firm persuasion. Faith is an assurance. Faith is the contents of your belief. Faith is a conviction. No, I'm... I've got this conviction about that. Faith is an assurance. So I'm assured about this. Faith is a firm persuasion. I'm persuaded that God's like this. I'm firmly persuaded. Faith is the contents of your beliefs. Put it simply, your faith is what you believe. Well, like I said, I always thought faith was this spiritual goo that just found shrandy, either by you don't have it, or you, or you look to see if, if you're in this, if it's in this cupboard. And, and what my pastor says, well, this is the faith of our church. This is, these are our distinctives. And, but, but if you're not fully persuaded, if it's not your conviction, if it's not, your, if it's not the contents of your belief, you don't have faith. Well, if that's true, then you think we'd find some places in the Bible that, that talk about that. You think we'd find some places then where faith and belief are, are interchangeable. Would you like to see some? So let's turn to um, let's turn to Matthew nine. First of all, I just want to draw that link between what happens to us and what we believe. So Matthew chapter 9, so uh, reading from verse 22. So this is the woman with the issue of blood. She had suffered many things. There's an account of it in Mark. This is the one in Matthew. 
and says uh, she came up behind him. She, for she had heard some things about Jesus. She said to herself, if I but touch his cloak, I shall be made whole. Right? And then she comes up behind him, moving through the press, and she touched his cloak. And Jesus, Jesus felt the power of God going through. And now that's interesting because we all believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I know there's a lot of people on Sunshine Coast that do. Uh, the manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But you still have to permit God to work in your life. It doesn't override your will. All right? And so here the power, the power of God was there for everyone in that crowd, but one woman triggered it. And Jesus feeling the power of God, so that's the Holy Spirit's power of God, flowed from him into her. We, sometimes our movement we call it the anointing. Okay? Moved from him into her, and he turned to her, and Jesus seeing her said, Daughter, take courage. Your faith has made you well. That's interesting because he's saying to her, um, one, you've got to understand too with regards to the law that it was either, it's either your works, what you've done, what you've ever deserved, or what you believe, right? And the thing here that she's saying, the point of difference between what triggered the power of God to move in her life was not what a good Christian she was. It was not all these things she had or hadn't done. It's what she believed. She said, your faith has made your faith has made you well. Okay? Now, coming down here, of course, he's on his way, or later, because um, this is a slightly different account. You know, some Gospels, they just, they chunk different events together, just cope with it. It happens. They wrote differently to us, all right? So it's slightly different in another Gospel. Matthew wrote it a slightly different way. But don't worry about it. That's just the way they wrote, all right? So verse 27, Jesus went from there. Two blind men followed him, saying, Have mercy, have mercy on our son of David. And he entered the house. The blind men came up to him, and, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? So he's asking them a question about what they believe. He's asking a question about their firm persuasion. He's asking them a, a question about their conviction. Do you have the conviction that I can do this? Are you firmly persuaded that I can do this? What is it that you, you believe, but you're blind, I'm here? What is it that you believe about that? Do you believe that I can do this? We believe, and I'll share with you, Linda, I believe in some things. I'm sitting in the tent this week at Tenamera campsite, thinking, what is it that I believe? I want to find out what my faith is about this situation, because that's what I'm going to pray. And Jesus said, what is it that you believe? All right? And then he said, then be it done to you, according to your pastor's faith. Then he said, be it done to you according to what you feel the situation is going to be. He said, be, be it done to you about, about this goo that flies around. No, he said, let it be done to you according to your faith. So Jesus asked them, what is it that you believe? And then he says, well, according to your faith, well, he's just asked them what they believe. What's he talking about faith for? What's he talking about faith? He's talking about faith because it's the same thing. Because he knows. Because he's got Vine's Expository Bible Dictionary and he looked it up before he preached the sermon. He said, well, faith and believing are the same thing. And what is it that you believe? It'll be done according to your faith. Now, God's no respecter of persons. What, we ha what happens in our life will always tend to be what we believe is going to happen. Now, I'm not... Who's that guy who gets up there and he's like six foot six? 
Tony Robbins. Uh, like it works in common grace as well. It works for non-Christians to a lesser degree, but for us as Christians, it releases the power of God in our lives to transform us like it did with a woman with the issue of blood. So then in Mark 11, we go back to Mark 11, 22, 20, 22 to 25. Jesus said, um, uh, the, the tree cursed, withered. Peter said, look what happened. And, and Jesus said to Peter, have faith like God has faith. Other translations say, have the same kind of faith that God has. And then he said to them, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, he said, you say to that mountain, be thou removed, cast and seed, do not doubt your heart, but believe those things you say shall come to pass. You shall have whatsoever you believe. Whatsoever you say, when you pray, believe. When you pray, believe that you have received it. Alright? So he's asking them to operate faith. What they're asking them to operate is what they believe. Now we all know, of course, we know Hebrews 11. Verse 1, faith is assurance of faith, assurance of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. That's not so much a definition of, of faith as an explanation of how faith works. It's a little bit like if you say, if you say um, what's a bus? Well, a bus is a mode of transport. All right? A bus is how you get from here to there, and then you see someone riding along on a motorbike, and you go, that's a bus. Okay? Faith, uh, Mark 11, Hebrews 11 describes faith by what it does. So it is, your, it is your title conviction of what you're hoping for. They, 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 your title deed, I should say. So they found that word, faith, uh, pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, I think in the Greek. I know a little Greek, he has the delicatessen down at Caloundra, you know, you know him? Um, so they, they, they realised that faith meant that because they were digging up, some archaeologists were digging up this house and they came across this piece of paper that had faith written along the top. Oh, faith. It's a statement of faith, and what it was, it was a deed to their house. Okay, so faith acts as a deed. Alright, that's how it acts. But faith is what you believe. So what you believe is the deed to what you're hoping for. What you believe about God, what you believe about yourself, what you believe about the Word of God, what you believe it has for you, is the title deed. It is the title deed for what you want, what God wants to do in your life, and what you're hoping for. don't sound too excited. So let's turn to, let's, let's turn to, uh, let's turn to Romans 10. Okay, because we know, we all know we're saved by faith, don't we? Yeah. Okay, we're saved by faith and it might be grace rather than works. We're saved by faith. Okay, so we turn to Romans 10, because it's going to tell us that we're saved by faith. Actually, that's from Ephesians, but it explains how we get saved. And we'll read from and we'll read from um, uh, we'll read from verse eight. Uh, who will say this is a great verse? Actually, we'll just read from verse six. You know how I was saying that I firmly believe I've come to believe from what Jesus said when he marvelled at their unbelief. And these were just common people; they didn't even have it in a Bible. They didn't even have it on their iPad. But still, he marvelled at their unbelief. All right. And so, so was this one of these verses that I thought, it's got to be easier than what we thought it was. <coughs> Alright? And here he says it very clearly because in verse, in verse 6, um, the righteousness which is based on what? Righteousness which is based on what? Faith. faith. Righteousness based on faith 
says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Just understand this for a minute. The righteousness that's based by faith doesn't say, I've got to work hard, I've got to do hard, I've got to do everything right, I've got to get up in the morning, pray and fast for five hours, I've got to do this. Do you know, that's to bring Christ down. What does that mean to bring Christ down? That means to say, what God has for you is more dependent on what you do than what he did for you. It's devaluing what he did for the, on the cross for us. So to think that faith is going to be something that we're going to work up, no, it's not. You think that we're going to go through all these hoops and do these things like the poor people in India that crawl on their hands and knees for thousands of miles. That's to bring Christ down. That's to belittle what he did for us on the cross. All right? That's to bring Christ down. But the righteousness that is based on faith... Um, says, do not say in your heart who will ascend to heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. Okay? What does it say? It says the word, this is the word, what is it? This is the word of faith. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. This, folks, is the water to the fish. Faith for victory in this life is so close to us we forget that it's there. And we're sitting there thinking about all these tests and trials that are coming our way, and, we're, and, and it, the water is there. It is there. Drink of it. And God's provided it for you. He said it's so near to you, even in your heart and in your mouth. That is the word, this is the word of faith we are preaching that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe. The word of faith is that you believe in your heart that Christ raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. For with a heart, a person believes, resulting in righteousness. I thought we were made righteous by faith. Surely we're made righteous by faith. But here God is saying, what you believe is your faith. What you believe, if you believe, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you may right. Our faith is a conviction. Our faith is assurance. Our faith is a firm conviction. Our faith is the sum total of what we believe. All right. Not happy with that. Tell somebody I'm happy with that. So we'll find one more before we wrap it up. All right. Let's go. Um, let's go to Mark chapter six, because what I find interesting about Mark chapter six is Jesus's response. So he goes to his hometown, and he marvels at the unbelief. Well, how does faith come? Well, faith comes by hearing, hearing, hearing the word of God. So his response then to his, the people in his home village was what? It says he marveled at what they believed. Verse five, he could do no miracles except he laid hands on a few sick and he healed them and he wondered, and he wondered at their unbelief. Now in many circles uh, in, in the Christian church now, well, what we think now is what we've got to do is whip up the Holy Spirit a bit more. All right? 
Now, there's nothing wrong with, like, I believe in moves of the Holy Spirit in our prayer before church. We believe the words of wisdom, words of knowledge, words of understanding, concerning spirits, the gifts of healing, works of, uh, working of miracles. We pray and believe for all of those things uh, in our ministry here. But it's very interesting to see in his own hometown when that he marveled at their own belief and, and God himself could not move. What did Jesus did? His own home area. He said he went from village to village and taught. And the one difference that will change when we have victory in our life is our beliefs. And what we're sharing today is what you believe, what you have the firm conviction of, what is your assurance, that is your faith. You can take that to the bank. So when we go into our kitchen looking for faith, we don't go to what my pastor believes. We don't even go to that last great book that we read. We, go, we don't go to our feelings. Whatever we do, we don't go to our feelings. All right? We ask ourselves, what is it I believe about this from God's Word? What does God's Word say? That? Do I believe that? And we're going to talk more about next week about how to establish strong faith. But what is it that I believe? Because what you have the persuasion of, what you're fully persuaded of, is your faith. You can take that to the bank. I finished on this illustration years ago. I used to do a lot of abseiling. I've used this illustration before. I used abseiling. That's you know you tie yourself on a rope and you jump off a 50 meter cliff. You know that one. Who knows? It takes faith to do that. Uh, unfortunately, in in our world, and especially now with the apologetic and a lot of debate between atheists and all that sort of stuff, they like to characterise faith as things that we're just going to believe without without um, without any evidence of. But that's not what faith is. It doesn't say if you believe what you, have, what you don't have evidence for. It doesn't say that. Because remember Jesus when he was resurrected from the dead and Thomas came in and Thomas was having doubt and, and Jesus said, touch me. Put your hand on my side. See, touch, feel, believe. Be not unbelieving. So you can believe. It, it, it's, it's faith if you believe it because of, of physical things. It's, it's greater faith if you believe because God said it. All right? So we're abseiling, I spent the day with these kids from a youth refuge I used to work at, and uh, we were throwing them over the cliff for all day. So that means I'm hooked onto the belt, I'm hooked onto the rail, it was a dam actually, hooked on the rail of this dam. And, and, and you get the kid on, they've got a separate rope, you hook them up onto you, and then you go through this check. You go through this check, all right? Which is on rope, on, on carabiner, on belay, you go through and you check every time you see it. It's this routine you go through just to make sure that, you, that you're doing it. And then you push them over the cliff and they go down safely or they get to the other side. Now, I'd spent the whole day doing this. I knew I was on rope. I knew I was on that. And at the end, I thought everyone was starting to pack up. I thought, I'll have an abseil myself. It's a 50-metre drop over a, a cliff in the Brindabella Mountains outside of Canberra. And so I, I check. I look that I'm on. I get up there and I, I get to the edge of this cliff and I lean over and I start to go down. All right? And because I hadn't been through this uh, on rope, on belay, on carabiner, and, and that, yeah, this incredible fear overwhelmed me. I was going to die. I was sure. 
because I'm so trained myself to go through these eight steps that we had to make sure every safety check was done. I haven't done them. Just took myself on, jumped over the cliff, and I'm leaning back over the cliff now, gone down a metre, just before you get into that, that position that's at right angles to the, to the dam wall. And this terror, which I cannot explain, came all over me. Who's experienced that? Who's experienced terror? Now, those of us that have been Christians a long time, uh, who would have thought, I don't have faith for this? And I was terrorised, and I would naturally thought, I do not have faith for this. And so I started leaning forward. If you've ever been abseiling, leaning forward is one of the worst things you can do, because your feet go from underneath you, your face runs into the brick wall. And I started to claw at this damn wall, and your fingernails start to rip off. And I had to stop myself, and I had to think, hang on, Grant. I'm on rope. I'm on carabiner. I'm hooked up. I'm safe. Now, the terror. At that point in time, I could have just kept scrambling up the couple of metres to get to the top, or I had to step out in faith. Now, the interesting thing is here, I had to go and ask myself, what is, I, what is it that I believe about this situation? Am I on the road? Am I on the carabiner? What's, I had went through everything. This rope can hold two cars tied to the bottom. I can go. Who knows? I still felt terrorised. And if you go to this feeling, of how I feel about my sickness, of how I feel about my family situation, of how I feel about that, that is not where you find faith. Yeah. It's not faith. Faith is a, a, faith is a conviction. Faith is a firm persuasion. Faith is an assurance. Faith is the content of what you believe. And in that little situation, I had to say, I'm going to go by... I'm thinking about this afterwards, but I think I'm going to go by this conviction that I'm safe. And I lean back, and who knows? Who knows that victory is a lot easier when you're enjoying, <laughs> when you're enjoying it, you know, when you're going through, hey, I'm coming out the other side, I'm victorious. Victorious, praise God. Faith works exactly the same way. Of course, the second and third time you do it, it becomes a bit easier because, you know, your emotions know that God's proven himself. And there's less of that fight. All right? But when you're in the fight, the Bible says, oh, for this fight, the fight of faith. We don't fight people. We don't fight opposition. We fight the fight of faith. Because the devil will want to test your faith. Praise God. So this week, we face opposition. We ask ourselves, what is it that I believe? Do I have a firm belief about that? Am I persuaded? What is the content about my belief? That, that is the mustard seed. And it's it's like the water around the fish. It's like the air around we believe. It's not far. It's in our heart and in our mouth. Thank you for listening. We trust that you've been encouraged by the message. Please consider leaving a review and subscribing to receive new content. For more information about Redeemer Coast, visit www.redeemercoast.com or find us on social media where our handles are at Redeemer Coast. Until next time.